Hey there, welcome to another episode of Close to the Vest. My name is Arthur Ettinger, and I am super psyched for today's episode because, um, and the beauty of this podcast, if not for anything else, is that I have heard from so many old friends, and today I have in our studio, Muffy White. Muffy, thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much for letting me come. So we, like, we reconnected. We both went to UVM, and we reconnected as a result of me launching this podcast last year. And um, there is so much for you to share for my audience that they can get out of this. And we talked the other day about what to talk about, and something that you said resonated, and it's really the title of this podcast, Feel Good, Take Control, and Get Organized. Oh, I love that. Well, you said it. Well, so I love that love I it. said that. Good, <laughs> go on me. All right. So Muffy is a professional organizer and um, I just want to get this right, concierge mover. Yep. And this is really very fortuitous because um, next week is spring. So spring cleaning, clean out your shit. Yes. You know, this is time and who else none other than Muffy, to help you do that. (laughs) I mean, that's what I'd like to think. I think you should all begin and end your days with me. Amazing. Is that too much? Oh, well, hey, at least, you know, that's great for Tad, but uh, (laughs) at least let's, we'll focus on the, uh, on the organizing. And so how, first of all, how did you get into doing what you do? Okay. So I was born this way. Like I loved order and neatness and having things just feel really clear. And for me, my physical space is the first space that I started doing this in. I literally started doing this as a child. And um, I had a variety of different jobs in my life, often in sales. I love people. And then I got a random phone call um, when my daughter was two saying, could you come help me with my closet? Could you organize it and help me figure it out. And I said, oh, God, yeah. Because I'm the friend who, when I stay at your house, I refold your linens, I rearrange your spice cabinet. I now know to ask permission, but I didn't used to. I used to just do it because it was relaxing to me. So, like, do you find that if... If nobody asked you and you just went and did that on your own, you think they some be people can a be offended? Yes, off? yeah, because th- we can get into it later. But there's a whole s- association that people have with how they keep their homes and how it's um, and how it should be. I don't like the word "should." I think it's a really judgy, mean. Right. In our family, we say if you tell someone they should have done something, you shit on them. So let's get blunt right away. So it's not about judgment, but. Yes. I think if, as an organizer, I walk into your home, the first thing somebody says is, oh, uh, it's sorry, it's a little disorganized. And I'm like, I don't, are you happy? That's the number one question to every house, every client, every situation is, are you happy? Is it working? Most people call me because something isn't working. Something feels a little off balance. And um, so anyway, I get this call 10 years ago and I helped this woman with her closet coincidentally, another woman the same week asked the same thing. And they both said to me, that helped me so much. You should do this. And I was like, okay, they used the word should, but that was a good one. And I talked to my mom, who's an incredibly successful businesswoman. And she's like, there is a need for the what, for what you do and the way you do it. Because I do, I, I do it really well, but I do it really nicely. Like I love it. I love my people. So it's, it's to come in there and make your life better. It is in no way to make it look like mine. 
look like Pinterest, look like a thing. It just needs to work really, really well for you, your family, whoever is in your house, or your office. We do offices too. And so, so, and how does it, I'm just curious, how does it work? Like, does somebody, they call and you have to first assess wherever they're asking you to organize and then, and then you, and then you quote them. Is it like an hourly rate? Yeah. So we are an hourly rate. And I keep saying we because I used to be a one-person show for years and years. And now I have this incredibly kick-ass team, all different personalities. I always say there's only one me on the job, so don't worry. Not everybody comes in and is loud and swearing and is ah crazy and shooting videos all the time. That's just, I do that. My team is, we all just bring different skills to it. And when somebody calls me, they tell me what works and what isn't working or essentially why they called me. And then we either do, um, I can come over and do a walkthrough to assess the project. We can do it on FaceTime. We can do photos. It depends on urgency and time frame. And um, then I come in and I really, my preference is, is to really just, we talk a lot to understand. So say you said to me, Muffy, my garage is crazy. I can't even park a car there. And I'm like, okay, is that your goal? You want to park your car? You're like, yeah, yeah. And I also want to have a gym in the second bay. And okay. So I get all your wishes and I come in and I'm like, okay, here's what's realistic. This might, it might, cause I might have yeah, to come I in and like be you're like talking to Christina, you know? Yeah, girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so then we, we really make a plan that's going to be successful for both of us because I only win if you're really happy at the end of my project and, or our project. And it's collaborative in that I want to manifest all of your dreams and goals, but I really like to let my team and do our work kind of removed from you because when a homeowner works alongside, we need the homeowner alongside for certain projects, doing your wardrobe, doing photos, doing paperwork or any documents. Um, but when it comes to doing physical spaces, clients feel the need to explain things. They're like, oh, it's like you might go to the barber and be like, sorry, I cut my hair myself and it doesn't look so, but your barber's just happy you're there. Let me just take care of you and, and have you look great when you leave. Right. So that's how we like to work in a house. And yes, we do do estimates um, to help understand the projected scope, but it often changes because what might seem like, oh, that's no big deal. You then open a closet, everything tumbles out, so that might tack on time. But we're super efficient. Uh, budget is never the thing that rules us out with our clients. Sometimes it's just not the readiness to have their stuff touched. It's very vulnerable to let somebody come into your home and start really moving stuff around. So that is a really interesting topic, and I, I wrote down as you're talking, um, I wrote Hoarder, you know, and um, I love that show. I don't watch it regularly, but I'm extremely intrigued by mm -hmm. it, and I know that there's been times when um, people have come into my place and or come into my office. Uh, Christina has tried throwing shit out in my home, and I get very uh, personal about it. Yeah. And so how do you deal with that, like, that psychological part? Sure. Well, first and foremost, I do have to say we don't work with hoarding because hoarding is actually a mental health issue that requires medical support. So That's fair. Yeah, and, and it can be really triggering for somebody sure. who's going through that to have their space disrupted. So we're very clear that we don't do that. But a lot of people identify as like, oh my gosh, I'm a hoarder, I'm right. a pack rat. And honestly, we've seen everything. So how to help you, the client, be more comfortable is that relationship of trust. It's 
you know, when you interview me, I'm also interviewing you to say, how honest are we being? How comfortable are we being? Because we have to really go there with each other. And if you really trust me and you know that I'm not looking, my goal, by the way, is not to turn your house into a minimalist museum. Nope. My goal is for you and the people in it to feel really happy, to feel really calm. I believe that a calm space, an organized space leads to a calm space. I think it saves money, saves time, saves sanity. It cuts down on family arguments. It does so many good things. And by the way, it looks really good. And I do care about that. I do want your project, my project, to look beautiful at the end. But if you know that I'm not there to like say, oh my God, why do you still hang on to your law books? You don't put them in the office. You know, I I don't have an issue with it, but we need to make sure it works in your house. So realistic expectations. You tell me you want to house a wine collection of 400 bottles, but you don't have any space for that. We need to check in, you know, so it's about being realistic, but it's not about me judging what you're keeping, but it's me giving you perspectives. Like people who keep every piece of their children's art, I have probably 10 different solutions so that you don't have to keep the physical project. But if you, at the end of all of those conversations, are like, no, I want the projects. I'm like, all right, let's figure it out. Maybe you can't keep the wine then. I mean, it's a balance. Your house can't hold everything. So it's coming up with the big picture and you saying, okay, I can, you know, it's all about, um, why am I blanking on, what makes relationships work? Communication. 100%. No, no, yeah. but more. I'm looking for a word that I can't find. It's jumped out of my head. Compromise? Compromise. Thank you. Any this you came know. to me earlier. <laughs> but it really, it's all compromise. And I think that people get very possessive, literally, of their possessions. And it becomes like a line in the sand. And I like when people can have a little piece around that and soften those lines to say, okay, if you live by yourself, draw all the lines you want. But if you share space with other people, we need to have room for everybody's different styles. You know, you would ask me about, am I tough on my kids about keeping their rooms perfect? And I'm not. I have standards and some base levels, but they're individuals. We all have to be able to be really comfortable and relaxed. And that kind of comes in many different shapes and sizes and styles. And I have to believe that while you're respecting your client, you also have to push the process along. And so maybe we don't need those law books uh, in the middle of the dining room. Absolutely. So my job is, my number one, if I were to say I have a mission around all of it, it is to help your house be efficient and calm. So I like every room to have a specific purpose. So I don't think your gym should also be your library and also be the nursery. I think that can be confusing. But things can overlap. But no, anything that's obstructing the use of the dining room table, we need to come up with a plan so that each thing can function really well. I mean, I have clients who have wine stored in their bathrooms. I don't feel good about that. And I bring my, this is what I care about. This is what I believe. It's not feng shui, but it's my own version of energy flow and just... I've been in so many houses in the last decade, and I've seen beautiful success stories. And I'm like, I try to just bring those experiences and say, trust me, let's try it. And the other beauty in my work, it can change. If I move your law books and it freaks you out, they can go back. But rarely would it. Sure. Because I'll help you find a place where they make the most sense, and it feels really good. I'm not keeping any law books okay. in any dining room. Just, just so. Okay, that's okay. You know, I'm going to come and check. Okay. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I just want to go back. Okay. In the time machine. Exactly. You told when we spoke. You told me how you actually got into this. 
like how I yeah. became organized. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's really, um, it's a really fascinating story. So can you share? Yeah. So um, my mom and I long ago kind of discussed like where my organizing tendencies were born from. Is this what you're referring to when I told you my childhood story? A hundred percent. So my parents divorced when I was seven years old and it was the first time that we moved. And so my brothers, I have two older brothers and my mom and I moved to Winchester, Massachusetts and I was feeling that feeling that a lot of children of divorce feel. I was feeling out of control. I was feeling un- scared and nervous. And I just started to, um, tr- that was when I realized that if I controlled physical things, it made me feel calm. So it was my own version of like seven-year-old self-soothing. So that was making my room neat, hanging things up, helping around the house in a really specific way. Like a lot of people do find cleaning to be cathartic and this is kind of that to another level but it's not that it has to be so specific I just believe that there's very little we can control in this world and I think right now the world is more upside down and scary than it has even been over the last two years which is really hard to fathom and I believe that if we can create order we can feel a bit more calm which just sets us up for possibly doing better that day. And that's all I try. I mean, as a mom, I've really come to this place where my goal is to help show that we can get through each and every problem, of which there will be 4,006 in a day or in an hour, but we can get through it calmly. And I, for me, creating a little physical control around that to start helps me to breathe easier. I do a lot of yoga. All of this is because I am a little bit of an anxious person. I worry about things, but creating that calm in my own life has been so helpful that I'm like, can I bring that to your house? Can I bring that to your house? And a lot of the people who call me might not use the word calm as the reason they call me, but they feel it and they like it and they're happy. I think this resonates in so many walks of life. And I know for myself, when I walk into my office and my desk is a shithole, it's going to, be, I'm going to be less productive. Right. Okay. Um, and I think we all get psyched to jump into a, a bed that's made, you know, whether or not we're sticklers about it. Um, and I think for at least a lot of people who are going through relationship change and transition, you can't control a lot of things. Yeah. You can only control what you can control you can't control the other person no matter how much you try Mm -hmm. you can't control the process of a dissolution of a marriage the judge is going to do what the judge is going to do you can be as prepared as you uh, as you can on your side but at some point it's beyond your control and we are often saying trust the process and now so in with respect to this aspect of somebody's life they can now it's a transition. They're moving homes, and you, I just feel that you provide such a, a huge role for somebody. Um, you said something yesterday about marrying the persons to their, the, the people to their home. Right. And what I often say to a client is, it's not a house, it's a home. Correct. And there's a lot of emotional you know, um, there's a huge emotional component to that. And so uh, what you're doing provides, you know, you said it's cathartic, it's therapeutic. So what you're doing is helping them 
get to another phase in their life. Absolutely. And I have found that when I've worked with couples who are going through divorce, going into a new home, some of them haven't set up a home as an individual, as a single parent, as a single person in so long, they're not sure what they even like. They've been compromising for so long that they're not sure they they just and so to have a wingman to say, "Hey, you seem to really like baseball. Let's make let's make that part of your art. Let's put that away on display in a beautiful way. It doesn't have to be a man cave. It doesn't have to be nothing wrong with a man cave, but it doesn't have to be so his and hers, and it doesn't have to be so controlled by one person in a relationship likes it this way. I, and if I do work with a couple, it's I'm the third party. I'm the neutral one. So I'm like, what do we all like? Who does the most of the cooking? How do you like your kitchen to flow? It doesn't have to be – it's just not formulaic. It's really about listening and saying, okay, let's make the house reflect what you want it to. Sometimes people don't even know. But if I poke around in your stuff and I say, oh, my gosh, you have so much beautiful photography, can we hang some of it? You have so many – your clothes are so beautiful. Let's really set up your closet so you're wearing them. I think people, you know, we're in our stuff all the time. We lose right. sight. And having somebody else come into your house and be like, oh, my God, I love that. And you're like, you do? Like You forget. So sometimes it's literally just a breath of fresh air to have somebody come in and be so excited to work with you in your space. It's like, whoa. And we do that. Like we, we That's the other thing. We love what we do. So we bring that energy into your house and it's just fun. We have a great time. And I think the homeowners, I can say this, in 11 years of doing this, I truly think maybe three, three clients not super happy. But well, they left fine. We finished the project fine. But most are like my people. Like awesome. I would call them. They know they can call me for things. We end up doing jobs that are so outside of our scope because of that relationship of trust. I planned a rehearsal dinner last year. That's not oh, what no I way. do. But, I mean, I got married, so I figured it out. Got some friends who do some things. We pulled it off. But hilarious. And I said to her, you know this isn't what I do best. And she's like, I know. I just like knowing that you're at the end of the phone. I'm like, I love you. That is so cool. I know. Cool. It's really, it's so lucky. It's super lucky. And so you talk about working with couples. I'm guessing you've you've seen some pretty funny stuff in mm. In that dynamic. Sure. Is there anything you can share or you'd rather not? I, I totally um, respect that. I think, I think I can say safely without naming names that I have been brought in when couples disagree about a house, how the house could feel, and one partner wants it to feel a certain way and the other one doesn't, and maybe I can come in and kind of find a little balance for both of them. I have worked for a couple men straight out of divorce, and they literally needed me to like become the wife of the house. And I, I shared this with you. I, I went home to my husband and I was like, this feels a little murky. And he said, just stick to the furnishings and we'll be fine. <laughs> so, you know, but it's, it's uh, you know, the dynamic in every house is super different. So I, I don't think there's any one, any one story in particular that's. So, and I want to just go back and tie the loop up okay. on the, um, your, basically forming your future profession when you were going through your, like, as a result of your parents' divorce. Right. I'm often talking to a litigant or in the podcast, the context of one side of, you know, what they were dealing with, what they were going through. And so you 
as you know the child of divorce um how like did i guess your organizational skills and this coping mechanism yep. let's say did it true did it help you deal with your parents breakup 100% 100% it was just my self-soothing technique and it it worked for me and i think you know when i turned it into a business it wasn't an intentional step and I didn't have the reflection of where it came from, but I knew it was an innate part of me that has always, A, brought me joy and I've been very good at. But I denied it as a serviceable skill for the majority of my life. I always thought it was a quirk. I thought it was something because I was good at it and other people won't. My personality was one of self-deprecation. I made fun of myself like, oh, I'm just crazy. I just organized and I made fun of it. Why'd you do that? Were people like, did people make fun of you? I think I was just insecure. And instead of being able to be like, I'm fucking awesome, I, 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 I knew I, w- I was comfortable enough at that that I could make fun of it. I certainly wasn't making fun of the other things I was insecure about the same way. And it was, it was immaturity. It was a lot of things. And then when I really started developing the business from a, a little, a few friends called, like the two women who I started with, and then it was a side hustle. It was part-time for many years while my kids were small. And then about six years ago, five to six years ago, I decided to really give it a go. And I redid the website and I got a beautiful logo done by my friend who's incredibly talented. And I really just stepped into it. And I paid it the attention that it deserved. I respected my skill and I respected that I was starting a business and I can't even tell you. I mean, full-time, huge, not a huge team, but I have a team of five who work with me now. We're awesome and we're, you know, I just, I never in a million years would have thought this would become my career, my business, my brand, something I can talk about and it resonates with so many people and I do a lot on Instagram. I share a lot of videos and they're all, not all, many are from my house and they're, they're totally raw and unscripted, and it's just, um, it feels really good to be honest and, and having so much fun in something that I used to not, I, I can't believe I didn't lead with it for so long. I would be a grillionaire if I started doing this sooner. And so, a grillionaire. I know, I'm not Is a numbers girl, but you know, it's pretty big. It's like more than a trillion. It's a lot. Got it. Okay. And it's like if Tony the Tiger grillionaire. Great. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so, what do you say to that person who's, I guess, struggling and feeling insecure about, um, whatever they're feeling about, and and they're struggling? How do you, what do you say to that person to get past it? Like, wh- what was it about? you yourself that was said you know what I don't give a shit uh, about what other people think or um, I'm just gonna truly when I work with clients I I just I like I've got you like let me do what I'm awesome at so you can do what you're awesome at the reason we bring in specialists into our lives whether it's somebody who's technologically special and they're they're talented and therefore they do all your IT or somebody you go to a doctor because that's their wheelhouse I am awesome at this. And if you want the end result of your home, your office, your space, feeling better, feeling smoother, calmer, more efficient, just looking better, you pick the thing you're craving. Sure. Let me do it. You do your thing, and I'm going to safely, carefully love you and your home through this process and just get you where you need to be and just... 
like feel supported. I'm there to support. I am not there to do anything other than help your dream, whatever you called me for, because I don't, I don't cold call. I don't reach out to you and say, wow, I bet your pantry could really use some labels. I don't really give a shit. Like, I would never do that. But if you feel the need and you call me, you're ready. And I have something to offer you. I can help in some aspect. I listen. I figure out what that is. Awesome. And then I just say, trust me. And we check in. I mean, I'm a talker. You can tell. We talk during, after. How are you feeling? I text the next morning. You're finding everything. What's up? Like, and... Because I care so much, they feel safe and their home feels better. And they, it's just like f- having someone love on your home, on your surroundings, it feels really good. It feels cared for because I'm not in there to change it so much as to make it more you. I love I'm not that. there to make it look like me. I, when I help women with their wardrobes, I'm not trying to make them dress like me. I'm trying to make them dress with confidence, which means dress like themselves and feel like put it on and be like, boom. I got this. Hells yeah. Yeah. And like, I want you to feel that when you're going to cook in the kitchen, know where your shit is so you can cook efficiently without getting frustrated. Your grocery list. I mean, everything about your life has an order to it. How you make your coffee, how you put your socks on. And my goal is to help your home support that, like be a system that works with the way you do it. Socks by the front door, not my way, but I have people who that works in their family because that's where the shoes are. Okay. Hey, I, we just make it work and we make it attractive. So it's not. And have you ever had the situation where someone calls you in and you're like, nah, I can't, I can't work with you. Your shit is just too messed Not up. yet. But I do have the line for the hoarding. And I do think that call will come. And I, I have also had the call where I've gone to meet with someone and I could tell they didn't really like me. And I like to know that right away. Because I'm also a people pleaser, so I really want people to like me. And so we have kind of talked around it. I've made suggestions. There are other talented people who do what I do. Maybe not as well, but they, yeah, I'm joking. I'm sure they do it fine. Um, but I do have that conversation to just to make sure, because I'm very upfront. Like, this is going to get personal. This is, and not in every house. Sometimes I do right. a, ga- a garage clean out. It's fine. It's just service work. But sometimes, oftentimes, it relates to the whole house most times. So depending on the client, you see how deep we have to get. Got it. And so you mentioned you've come in on occasion for um, a husband getting divorced. Uh, do you find that you work um, more with men or more with women? Women tend to hire me in, in a couple, but once the husband or the partner works with us or sees our work and they realize whatever it is that they were worried about isn't an issue, then they come to us with their list. But we usually get brought in by the wife and then the husband is like, okay, all right, now that I see how you do it, here's a few things. My ties, they're always wrinkled. I don't like where the dry cleaning goes. Like silly, they sound silly, but they're not. And they can really change just the ease of which the ease with which you kind sure. of work in your house. And, um, yeah, so we get hired more. But, like, I have one gentleman who I've moved his family three times, and we work directly with him, and he, we've figured out what he needs and how he likes to work, and, you know, it's, it's great. We're for everyone. And this is not – these are not one-offs because shit piles up, and then you get more stuff, and – 
So do you incorporate, is, is it okay, we're going to come in, we're going to do the garage, and if you need us again, call us, or is there a like reoccurring six-month so it, it fee? It totally depends on the client and what their needs and their budget and their comfort is. Um, we do a lot of moving where we pack people up and help them move into their new home. We set up their new home, and they're usually pretty good for six months. In New England, I find that there's really two seasons in your house. There's spring, summer, and fall, winter. So if we come in twice a year, we can be really effective at f- switching the house over because it does change throughout the seasons. But it depends what we work on. If we do closets, you know, you might have a more regular maintenance. But it's really specific per family, per client, how they like to have us. But we have a family who we put away their pool furniture, so I immediately schedule, okay. And I have a moving team. So I have a group of incredibly awesome guys who come and do the truly heavy lifting. We do moderate heavy lifting, but we let them do the big stuff. And so we're, we can do any level of service. And, um, but if we put your stuff away, I make sure you know that like, well, you need to bring it out and let's bring it out on April 15th. So you get on the calendar, we set houses up for the holidays and then take them down. People love the setup, but they hate to put it away. And, um, so it, it all depends. It all depends on, you know, some people do get put off a little bit by price. They're concerned about that. So we start with the area that might be the most critical. Often that's a kitchen or a mudroom that, or it could be laundry be a playroom I mean I could go on who knows in a house what the spot is it depends on the age of the people living in your house are you working from home I mean this whole COVID has really really tuned up our business in terms of people's homes need to do so many things and well sure and be super calm that's a tall order but we got that move and so I'm, I'm sure you have seen some pretty crazy things in people's houses what's the craziest thing you've ever seen oh I mean crazy define crazy but like I was casually going through a client storage unit and I found um, the bedroom nightstand which was filled with um, bed accoutrement to make life spicy and I was facetiming with the client when I pulled everything out and unwrapped and that was fun not negative I was doing another house and I opened a box and a bullet rolled down the stairs, but oh. I hadn't had that conversation. We don't Is that in the same draw as No, no, stuff? different house. Different yeah. house. Um, so sex guns. We don't usually see a lot of drugs. I think people would put those away before we came. I don't know. I, I don't you know, it's it's how people no live. Judging. Yeah. There is no judging because I mean, I've got stuff in my house. Right. So I think that's a big part of it is that like this is we're all just living this life. Sure. And some people hire us because they're in distress. And some people hire us because they just want help. They believe in a team. They're, they've got the comfort that, gosh, we trust that you could do this really well. And I don't want to. I'm not interested in having my can- my, doing the pantry myself. But, man, do I want it to look good. And so the, that's all different scenarios of emotion. But it always, it always, almost always ends with, like, truly, like, wow, I had no idea I would care this much or that, that I would feel this much just because I hired an organizer. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. It's so surprising. Well, it's all, yeah, it's very liberating. It is. But I mean, I think I get surprised. Like midway through a project, I'm like, I hope we can pull this off. And then at the end of the day, I'm literally fist bumping around. I'm like, goddesses, we are so good at this. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that one. I don't even know. <laughs> um, Go back to the bullets. <laughs> so, um, so you have kids. Yeah, I have two kids. And um, and you do this. You told me one of the struggles, you 
the struggles was, um, you told me early on when you had kids, making sure you were there for them. And I know they're older. Um, there are a lot of people that are going through a divorce and they talk about, you know, I can't possibly work out of the home. And as an entrepreneur who works for themselves, you know, um, you're, I have to believe while you have deadlines and you have clients that you have to answer to, you have flexibility. And the nice thing is you, I'm guessing doing what you do, you can also be there for your kids, but at the same time, run a successful business. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I did not set out to do this. I did not know I was an entrepreneur. And I really am. I'm a super hard worker. I've always known that, but I'm a hustler. And I, you know, the company is in my name. Like, we named it after, at the beginning, it was just me, so it was Muffy White. And um, it's... It's a lot to run your own business. It, it like there, it's like having another child. Sure. But I am every year that I do it, I'm better at it, and I have better and better boundaries around it. I've learned also that as the kids are older, their their needs are more acute and in more specific. So I th- I was under the um, illusion that kids only needed you when they were babies, when I had babies. And then I realized that they actually need you more and more every single year. So I become, as I've the company has grown, I'm becoming more in tune with having systems and structures and having a great team who works with me so that I can be even better. I think that I'm not always great at the balance. I, I want to check in all the time. I think about work a lot more than it needs to be thought about. But... Um, I also think that's part of the pathway to being successful is to give it a huge amount of your energy. But yeah, I think that it's all a dance. It's all a balance. And 100%. Yeah. Were your kids, um, did they react in, in any way when you started this and you were building this? I'm business? not sure if they reacted more or I projected my fear of their reaction more. So I was worried when I needed to get some help with carpooling and I needed to get some help with childcare that they were going to be let down because ego, I'm so awesome. They only want to be with me. Oh, no, 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 no. They just want to be with somebody great who cares for them and is fun. And so finding the right team in the family as well. But um, no, they were great. And I think it was essential for me to make sure that the kids knew that women worked. There was a point when my son, I didn't work for my son's first nine years of his life um, in a way that he ever saw. I volunteered a lot and I did a lot of really important things. But he said, well, daddies go to office buildings and mommies stay home. And I was raised by the most kick-ass woman who was incredibly savvy in business, but she is savvy on a thousand levels. And I am very, very much a feminist and very pro-woman. And I was really embarrassed. I was like, holy shit, what am I? And so I really then began... I have to work just to show my kids that women work. And, but then I, I sat back and I laughed. Well, their pediatrician, everybody at the pediatrician's office was women. Um, all their teachers were women. I'm like, they know women work, but I want them to see that in me as well sure. and to value how I spend my time and all of that. So there was kind of a twofold thing happening as it happened. And now, I mean, like the support they give me is insane. I mean, they make fun of me the way kids should because I'm sure. crazy and I need to be made fun of. But they are so supportive. And, and like my son in particular will just be like, Mom, 
what are your numbers looking like this year? And awesome. I, I'll share, and he'll be like, that's that's really up from last year, Mom. And it's really, it's cool. It's it's neat to, to show, and that's like... It, and I love it because truly this was not something I went to school for, which I think that was part of my self-deprecation. Maybe I was a little bit embarrassed that I didn't have a degree that said, no, really, I'm good at this. It was just my word. And then my experience and my showing up and saying, trust me. And it's a lot to ask somebody to trust you. But now, sure. now I've got all this experience and all these references and all this. So they do. But think about that. Like, I'm a self-proclaimed professional organizer. I don't know. I was a little insecure. I'm a little sister. I, I don't know. I yeah, felt but that's a your story. We all have our yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just being honest. That, like, that's now that I can really be like, I'm amazing. Feels really, really good. You know, I'm amazing at this because I can't say that about all aspects. Like, my sure. kids are amazing. I'm a pretty good mom. My husband's amazing. I'm a good wife. You know, you have all these levels of category, but, I mean, I don't step out every day and be like, I'm awesome. Check my shit out. Unless we're talking about organizing. And then I flex. Did did your um, did your son know that he had that much of an impact on like kids don't realize what they say and how it impacts us yeah, as parents? I don't know. Have I don't think I articulated it in that moment. But I mean, when he writes like a Mother's Day card, he'll often write something like he'll throw in a line about how hard I work. That's awesome. It is awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's sweet and he's smart. He's probably plugging for a little. Right. You know, it's well. And if he doesn't know, if he didn't know, like. An hour ago, he's going to yeah, know Yeah, he'll know soon weeks. enough, right? That's really <laughs> funny. Um, so you mentioned COVID. Yeah. And I ask, um, I touch upon it. I know we're kind of almost to that end, at least hopefully. Um, but it's impacted the way we look and live. So I think. 100%. You know. And I know COVID has impacted a lot of relationships. And... Um, I know you're happily married. Did co were you impacted at all by the pandemic? Um, our relationship did not suffer at all because of the pandemic. But my husband had to really step it up at a few different points when I got really, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I can kind of run on the nervous side of life. I was really anxious in the beginning, in the, in the first big wave. And... Um, I was like waking up at, at 3 a.m. and I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't doing well. And he was really good at helping find a path for me, a new system, if you will, where like I had to be on my phone less. We had to wake up in the morning and immediately go outside and go for a walk. And he did it with me. He wasn't like, you should go uh, get some more exercise. That'll, set, you know, so he, he did amazing things. And his work life has shifted a lot in that he worked remotely prior to COVID, and that was a huge boon. Like, that was special and unique and different. Right. And now everybody does, and his job is the same, and he works as hard as he ever has. But it doesn't, that gravy of staying home isn't the same for him. So he's had to kind of re-jigger, re kind of like the way he looks at his own sure. flow. And um, But no, I don't think COVID, COVID, as parents, we worried how our kids are doing, what's going on. We did really well and I um it was actually I, I I'm so lucky that I can say it was okay because we didn't our family stayed healthy right. you know it's it's hard to talk about it and not be like it's been a nightmare but we've been okay that's awesome yeah and as I get older by the way let me just say I I work on my shit like my emotional my 
everything about my spirituality all the time because I can. Like, that's a new element that I finally realized. I actually can control this. I can control not just my physical surroundings. I can control how I talk to people, how I react to things, and all of that that is the world seems more aware of than maybe when we were younger. But that work that I do constantly is a huge benefit to my marriage because I apply it. I don't preach it. I like sure. literally show up and try to listen better or be better or, you know. When, and it's, you said more accepted, like people embrace um, therapy more. Yes. They embrace Mental health know, is like cool. We all have a team of advisors. And yes. You know, a, um, a trainer and, and An now organizer. they just, I was just, I took my thunder here. I was Sorry. Say, Hang on, need, go back. They need to bring in someone like you. It's so listen, I, I have a business coach who I just started working with, and she sent me an article recently, and I shouldn't even opened up this can of worms, but it was like some article about one of the Kardashians' pantries. And she's like, have you seen this? Which is this something that like appeals to you? And I, I doesn't. So a lot of the celebrity organizing, it's not that I wouldn't love to organize for a celebrity, but I like to organize for every person. But like that made it seem so fancy and unavailable. And I like to be seen as a team of advisors. Like I like to be on that team. And if your budget is like a Kardashian and you want someone on staff, that's fine. But if you're a person who says, I'm going through a move and I'm really stressed out because I have a lot of other things going on, how much would you cost and can I afford you? Like I like to be there too. I like to help. That doesn't make me less expensive. It just means that I can... You know, we work to accommodate our clients, what, what makes sense for both sides. And anyway, so yeah, I want to be on the team. Awesome. Because I think that we all love to be helped and to help and just finding what you're good at and help with it. I was like one random thing is like, you know, when meal trains come around, um, when somebody might be sick or have, yeah, has sure. just had a baby, yeah, it's a way yep, to support yep. each other. I always say like, don't ask me to make you a meal. I mean, I can, but let me come in and do you do something at your house. How can I, that's my love language. Like, that's what I'm really love good it. at. Some people bake cookies. Some people do beautiful things. Acts some people, of kindness. Right, but acts of kindness are truly <laughs> kind when you're good at them and you're not bemoaning them. Like, gotta make another fucking lasagna. That's how I would be. That's not, you don't want to eat the fucking lasagna. You want to eat the lasagna. So, swear. I get it. Inappropriate it's swear placement, it's maybe. all good. <laughs> I know recently, a couple of months ago, I think, that you guys took a, special vacation and for some reason you like touted it that you hadn't done it and was that just COVID related no. or that was like I think you said like you hadn't done it in like years and years it was the first okay we travel but we always travel to see family and to like to visit other members of our family like my best friend lives in Colorado into my Telluride where I used to live and so we go there. My brothers are both in California. My mom lives in the UK. My people that I love are far away. So a lot of our vacation time is spent visiting with them, and that's awesome. But this was a, t a trip for just the four of us, for the kids and my husband and I. And we went to St. Croix. We went to a tropical place where we, my husband and I have not, we live at the beach in Massachusetts. We hadn't done a tropical vacation since our honeymoon because I'm also an avid skier and I love the mountains. Sure. So it's not like some poor me but our travel was always doing these more social things and doing a more lockdown just for our family. Oh, my gosh. I, I grew, like, five inches. It was so good for me and so healthy. And I don't know. And also getting out of our house that we'd been in 
for all the sure. years of COVID and just getting some special time in a beautiful house somewhere else. Yeah, it was, and I'm not a great travel planner. And because um, I, I think I spend I the worst travel. Planner. So I spend a lot of my time planning minutia detail. So when it comes to a big thing, I'm like, am I doing this right? I, right. I question myself where my husband just did it. He just booked it and it was awesome. And yeah, like. But at the end of the day, there was like you reap the rewards. Hugely. And, and now I've learned. So right now I'm in New York in your office on vacation with my daughter. I just did a trip a few weeks ago with my son. My, they have separate school breaks. so I love that you do. Yeah. And I, this is not necessarily the easiest for me until I do it. And sure. then I'm here and I am literally like high-fiving the naked cowboy. I didn't do that. I, I wanted to. But he's really let himself go, you guys. That's when was the last time you saw him? Amazing. No, seriously. It's been a while. Yeah. So there's that. That's a random segue right there. But, um, yeah, so and that's the other thing, too, about working hard is – reaping the rewards of that. And I actually, during COVID, had a few clients hire me using their vacation fund. They're like, we're not going away this year. Make my house feel awesome. And I, I was like, that. holy shit. Like, that is a huge, awesome, like, bar. Yeah. And we met it. But, like, I, that was, a, that was wow. You know, because if you are home, I want your home to feel good. I want you to be happy, genuinely happy when you walk in the door. And it's, maybe that's... Furniture, I don't really, I, I'm not an interior designer, so I don't really do furniture. Sure. I can help, but that's not my, it's not what I lead with. But I'm also really frugal. I should have said that. Like, that's really a part of the ethos of my business is that I'm very frugal. So I can make anything look better. Like, you remember the show Iron Chef? Sure. So I Iron Chef your house. I find the best ingredients. I love it. And I make it look amazing. That's and I might, great I might be honest and say, oh, I know you love this. But it really doesn't complement this room. And I'll find a spot for it somewhere. Do you but ever have like a surprise ingredient? Like just show up like a, a hammer in a uh, whatever. That's not funny. I know. Anyway. I'm not really getting it. But yeah, I could. Well, Maybe. Wasn't that the show where they had like a surprise I ingredient? I don't remember like that. I thought they would get like six ingredients. I'm one of which was really weird. And it was like sardines, peanut butter, yeah, exactly. olive oil, and maybe a hammer. And I'd like three courses. So, you know, it's not, Iron Chef isn't perfect analogy, but it's pretty good in that I only go shopping. Like people say, do you go to the container store and buy everything? And I'm like, oh God, no. So expensive. I do certain things because they do certain things really, really well, but do not hire me and shop before I get there. I will cry. I do cry at work sometimes. I'm a big feeler. I cry a lot. <laughs> you really? And you sometimes, like, can I tell, can I tell a story? How much, are, am I killing you on time? No, I could talk for forever. It. Okay. Here's an amazing story. I, the first move I ever did, I was hired, a friend of mine who I was working with said, I have a gentleman who needs help packing. Can you do that? And I said, nope, I don't move. Moving, ew, I don't want to do that. And she's like, Muffy, I need help, please. So I called him and he was really nice. And I said, I've never done this before. And I was like, but here's what I do do. And he said, well, will you come for a meeting? And I went and met him on a Saturday. I don't work on the weekends. But something was compelling. So I went and I met him and he was, um, he's now a retired judge. And he um, said, I've lived in this house for 35 years. My wife died and um, I have one grown child and we really I, I haven't touched a lot of things. The house was meticulous. And I said, okay, well, I, I'll figure it out. And he said, yep, I like you. you. Can you do it? I want you to do it. And I was like, okay. So I made some phone calls, cobbled together a team, one of which, one of the women is still on my team. And um, we did this move. And as we did it, 
I had to go through each night space with him to understand, you know, what can we let go of? He was downsizing. And we came to, this is going to sound so crazy. We came to his linen closet and he had tons of stuff. And I said, oh, let's bring it down to X number because you only have two bathrooms in your new house. And we did. And then um, we went around the corner to this guest room and I opened the closet and at the top there was this bag and I pulled it down and it was filled with the exact number of towels that we needed, but they were brand new that his wife had purchased and they'd never put out. His wife had died 10 years prior. It took me a really long time to, he was a very quiet, reserved gentleman. He didn't share the way that I do. And so he didn't, I didn't know how long she'd been gone. And when I pulled it down, I opened it and I turned to him and I said, it looks like your wife has already helped set up the new house. He cried, I cried. I have goosebumps right now. And this happens because homes are filled with our, our love and our history and our loss and, Homes, whether you love your home or not, it is a shrine of your family's energy, of all the hours you've spent in it. And whether you're staying there or you're moving, like every bit of that requires a little bit of honor and respect. And so that was one. I had, I mean, we've had moves bring up a lot, you know, saying goodbye to a space, bringing in your stuff to a new space. Give me another. That's a really great story. Okay. So I'll give you one more. This um, widow that I was moving in Gloucester, this incredible philanthropist in our community. I'm, I should, I'm even giving more than I need to give, but really cool guy. And we're sitting in, um, for our first interview, we're sitting, only one interview, but we're sitting there in front of this unbelievable view of the ocean. And it's a really, it's just beautiful. And I said to him, wow, my problem is, is I fall in love with everybody's house. And he's moving. And I'm like, I can't believe you're moving. I love it here. It's so gorgeous. And he said to me, when I watch these rocks, they make me really sad. The weather, he was an older gentleman. He said, when the storms come in, it's really rough here, and it's, it's a lot. And I was like, oh, okay. Filed that at the back of my head. We did the whole move over it. We staged the house, got it ready for the market. It sold. We're in the transition. We go to move him to his house. We're, we left him at his house, the old house, at 10 a.m., and we said, meet us at the new house whenever you're ready. We're going to go with the movers, and take your time, say goodbye to the house. He walks into the house, and he says, girls, can I call you girls? And we're like, you can call us anything. I mean, this guy is amazing. And he said, I was at the house and I said goodbye, like you told me to. And he said, there's a, um, a buoy marker right by his house. Um, so if you live, you know, you know what a buoy marker is. And they, in, at least up in Gloucester, they groan when the waves hit them a certain way. And it only happens in certain weather. And he said, that buoy marker, um, never, ever makes a noise. And he said, but when I went and said goodbye, looking out that window, the buoy marker groaned. Weird. And it was his wife saying goodbye to him, I think. Wow. I mean, or the house or all of it coming together. But it was a transition. It was like a bell had rung, literally, proverbially. Sure. And he stepped into his next chapter. And it's, it's, it's just, it's so cool that we get to help people through these tricky transitions. And some of them are just joyous. Like, yay, new house. It's, I finally got the house of my dreams. Sure. But even that's... Even just saying goodbye is hard. Even if you're saying goodbye to a shitty chapter, you know? That's why divorce is hard. It's always, shouldn't say always about anything, it is often the best next step for the people involved that doesn't make it effortless, that doesn't make it easy, that doesn't make it joyous. But ultimately, like, I remember saying to my parents, I forget how old I was, turning to them each and being like, thank you, your divorce gave me two happy families as opposed to one that wasn't. And I mean, I was little. I was probably Harley's age. No way. Yeah. And it was true. At that time, I was still stoked on two Christmases, two birthdays, like that kind of more childish. 
but they were happier people. My dad remarried, gave me two beautiful brothers. You know what I mean? Listen, change is good. Yeah. And But sometimes change also, the idea, the thought of change freaks the fuck out a lot of people. Yeah, it's and also hard. Even, even if it's your choice and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Changing routines, changing habits. And I mean, that's what organizing is. It's changing how something's, you've, it's been working or it's been like this. And I come in and say, let's just change it a little bit. And there's resistance for yeah. sure. I, I, if my dream world, every client would let me have a family meeting. Sit everybody down, tell them what I'm trying to do, and get all of their feedback. I don't usually get everybody. Certainly, I don't get everybody at once. But, you know, my goal is not to come in and flip the joint and make it, I don't know. People think I'm a perfectionist and that I'm going to come in and try to make it a thing. Well, not. and that actually, so wherever I go, yeah. uh, if I'm on vacation, let's say I get, like, um, a ski lesson or Ooh, I used to be a ski instructor. And so, well. Do you want a ski lesson? Sorry. No, well, <laughs> my point is um, I don't want a ski lesson. Okay, I'm not yeah. going to even give um, you a tip. I'm happy to go skiing. <laughs> okay, good. But um, invariably, if it's a golf lesson, it's a ski lesson, insert whatever it is here. Yeah. People are like, oh, you're a matrimonial lawyer. And so the lesson becomes, you know, I'm paying for and a consultation for that person. So I have to believe, you know, it's like, oh, you're a comedian, tell a joke, you know. So um, I'm guessing, like, you have to have people ask you when you go to their house. Totally. Oh, what do you think I can do over here? Does yes. that annoy the shit out of you? It depends on who it is. It depends on how they ask. It depends if they respect what I do or they're trying to be like, anybody can do what you do. Let me see how easy it is. Like, there's all different tones in which the exact That's same really question funny. can be asked. And, oh, I overthink it. And I'm happy to give answers to the people who I, who make me feel good in it, but yeah, there's a there is definitely a, a large, not a large, but there's enough people who are like that's that's a job, do you get paid for that? Like that's easy. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I don't think that's easy. But I don't even need it. Doesn't it's easy for me, which is like, and that's great for my clients, and like. It's really important that we all be really good at what we do sure. so that all these great things can happen. But, yeah, that's kind of um, – that's one of the weird things. I mean, I don't know that everybody likes to invite me to their house because I think they think I'm going to come in and be critical, which I'm not. That's but kind of a bummer. Yeah, well, it's covid still, so it's been easy. I'm not as social as I once was. When Artie and I met, we were wildly social in college. We had a lot of fun. Well, maybe, like, this is your – your trip to New York, you're going to change I'm, shit? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, hey. Yeah, but listen, we, you know, we're not young anymore. No, and you have kids. Ask, we look young. There you go. Sorry. I'll take that. Um, <laughs> so I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, no, that. it's all it's good. My hair flipped. Oh, I, I know what I want to talk about. Um, you told a story about how, you, I don't know, you went somewhere the <laughs> other day and someone asked your name. Oh, yes. And um, can you share that story? Sure. Um, I was at my daughter's hockey game, and I met a woman, and we're chatting, and she was super great, and I had that awkward, like, we'd been chatting, and I had already forgotten her name. So I had to in insert in the middle of the conversation, like, sorry, I know you told me your name, but I just wasn't paying attention. I was, like, on to the next thing already. And so she said, oh, my name is Mary. And I said, oh, hey. And she's like, well, what's your name again? And I said, oh, it's Muffy. She said, the organizer? 
And um, I was standing with my mother-in-law, and it was really funny because I was like, see, I'm like an Instagram celebrity. But it's funny. But my name is so memorable. I mean, how many adult women do you know named Muffy? Or, I mean, everybody tells me about their pets. Everybody knows a cat or a dog named Muffy or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Fuck her. But anyway, sorry. I mean, she's fine. But Sarah Michelle Geller. I mean. Well, yes. So... There's not I don't think a, that's I don't know where I'm, you were going with that no, story. No, I don't know a lot of Muffies, <laughs> and that's good. But I think, to your point, it's the power of social media. It is. Oh, yes. And Christina, I'm sure, is We are literally every BFFs of because of social media. Well, there, like, I've been yeah. on I've been in an airplane. A lot of people know this story um, where, like, someone literally had no idea who I was. They've never met me before. But because of social media, they texted her and said, I think your uh, boyfriend is on this airplane. And that's freaky, but also it's pretty kick-ass. And for you, there are a lot of people out there, and I vacillate about doing this, especially doing what I do, right. putting out a good product yeah. as you know, uh, as a high-end matrimonial lawyer and uh, not diluting that brand and also um, making sure this podcast you know, is uh, done, you know, I've surrounded myself with really amazing people that produce this. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, it's all about our personal brand. Everybody now, because of social media, has right. a personal brand. Absolutely. But I vacillate all the time. And not only for the reasons I just told you, but also like, I'm telling my clients all day long to, to not be doing this. Right, be private. And to shut it down, you know, but it's a reality. It's part of our fabric. So you, how did you, did, were you always comfortable? Because I know, like, my kids, they see you on social, and they love watching your videos. You have awesome energy, as we all know. And so was, did you ever struggle with that? And you're like, fuck it, I'm just, I'm going to just do it. Yeah, so it's interesting. So I've always liked taking pictures. So my Instagram began with just taking pictures of my kids. I happen to have really attractive children. I mean, they just... Huh? That's true. That's right. I've got my daughter sitting to yeah. my left here. Um, and so I started that way. And then more... And I take scenic photos and all sorts of things. And I run. And I take... I have this whole hashtag, distractions while running, which you should look that up. And... Um, so that's been something I've been really comfortable with and sharing and sharing. And my family has had different feedback in terms of sharing them. My kids are great. My husband's not on social media at all ever since watching, um, what's the documentary? It's kind of... Oh, um, um, not the, the Netflix media. one. The, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so, he, you know, and he's, it's honestly, this is the man who saved me from my own stress and COVID by getting me to take a break from social media. But um, I do really like to keep it real. So when I started doing work photos, my, my family, all savvy business people, said in order for people to understand your business, you have to show before and after photos. You have to show them what you're delivering at the end of the day. Like you're charging X, you can organize their pantry, they need the whole story. And so that's how the photo thing started on Instagram. But videos started during COVID, bored random. I literally started a whole series called Bored and Lonely because I wanted to talk to people. And for some reason, I can talk to a video like I'm talking to you. I I don't script it. I don't edit it. I try to know what I'm doing. It is not easy. That is not an easy thing. But I mean, I did a whole one about making overnight oats. 
and I was bragging, like, I'm going to be organized in the kitchen. I'm making <laughs> dinner. I lit a fucking fire on my stove. I burned dinner no while way. I was, ma- but I made the oats. And I mean, I was crying, laughing, because I figured it out while I was, and I just, I just let it roll. And I think that is another way, actually, that my clients can vet me before meeting me. Like, before letting me in their lives, they can say, do I like that energy? Do I like so the swearing? True. Do I like, do, you know, because it's your, when you invite anyone into your home, somebody to paint, you hire a trainer, any of that, the chemistry is so essential. I mean, you talk about it all the time with your guests about who they hire as an attorney during this critical time. You need, a, you need an ally. You need someone who yep. gets you and is also going to be a really, to your point about, do I drive the ship? Yes, I listen to my clients, but I bring my expertise and say, hey, if you want the outcome that you told me you did, here's the path to it. So let's get there. And, but I'm really nice and really gentle along the way. So all over the place, coming back, social media is really good for my service. Maybe everybody doesn't have to do it. And I, I do sometimes waffle around the idea. I, I mean, all the posts I do are anonymous. I never share my clients unless they say they're willing to be in a photo or sure. a video. Um, but I want to respect the privacy of if, if they're embarrassed. But you know what? My clients aren't embarrassed. Like, they're fine. They're like, yeah, I hired you to fix it. It's like, I don't get embarrassed when my oil needs to be changed. I just go to my guy, and he thankfully fixes it. So I kind of love taking the shame out of, you know, our homes are our homes. You don't have to be awesome at decorating or hanging photos or labeling shit or whatever it is, folding clothes or how you hang them in your right. closet. But you can know how, you know when you go on your vacation to a nice hotel or to an Airbnb and it feels clean and almost austere but really welcoming because it's been so thoughtfully done? That's what I want to do to your house. Awesome. Yeah. Whew. That's great. Yeah, let's so get on Instagram. Let's. Do, is, this is going on Instagram so how, soon. So how do we get to get in contact with you if someone wants to reach First you? First of all, just call Artie. He has plenty of time. Okay? There you go. Call him directly, exactly. and he'll give you my number. Well, they can certainly text me. I'm <laughs> call to Christina, too. Um, MuffyWhite.com is my website. I have an Instagram, which is MuffyWhite underscore organizing styling. A little cumbersome, but if you put in MuffyWhite... I really think I come up really fast um, in the little Instagram search engine. And I do, I mean, I have Facebook, but it literally is just the feeder off my Instagram. I like Instagram a lot better for whatever reason. It's sure. less chatty, less politicky for, for my feed. And um, yeah, I'm really into posting a little DIY, even though truthfully, I want you to hire me. I love for you to be able to do some things yourself if you really want to. Yeah, but those are like teasers. Those are, are like to just get you. Yeah, in the you door. can. I'll show you my favorite hanger, but it's better if I use it. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh boy. Well, listen, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank for coming. you. And you're very sweet to like humor me with like uh, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a long time talking about my favorite subject. That's awesome. So. Um. So my last question. Uh, oh, I'm ready. Are you ready? Fucking ready. Most people don't are not I'm ready, sorry. which I is just a telltale ev- sign. I listen to all listening. the pods. You could, I could even tell you some of your people's favorites. Artie's about to ask me what my favorite sneaker is. <laughs> and I'll tell you, my daughter, Harley White, makes me whatever the in sneaker is every Christmas. So this year, I'm wearing the Nike blazer in red, white, and blue, custom-made, they're my work colors. They are my branded colors. I'm not, not wearing, wearing them. those now. I'm You're not wearing, wearing them now. Well, listen, my whole pack light was a black and white 
ensemble, so I wore black and white check bands. But, I mean, I'll send you a photo. We'll put it on the ground. So you have custom blazers. Nice. That's what I'm wearing. That's my favorite sneaker Amazing. this year. Last year, it was red, white, and blue Air Force Ones that she made me. I mean, she keeps me in the know. I I follow her I lead. have red, white, and blue uh, Air Force Ones, but they're, um, I don't think they're custom. Oh. Her minor custom, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So since Harley's here, what Harley, what's your favorite sneaker? What do you got on it? Nice. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Well, She's thanks. Pretty cool. Thank you for sharing, Harley. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much. You're welcome. You're the best. Enjoy the rest of the time. Thank you're here. you. Thank you.